Hello, hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Sorry, I thought you cut out there for a second. <laughs> oh, that'd be a big yikes. I sure hope I didn't. <laughs> um, no, I think you're good. I'm just I'm a little worried about my Wi-Fi because it's been a little the past couple of days, but oh, hopefully we should be good. Love that for you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, every single person in Edinburgh as well, every single student in Edinburgh has shit Wi-Fi. So yeah, I think it's because everyone is on it now. You know. Yeah, we're not mm. outside in the world. <laughs> fact, fact, accurate. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. really funny. My dad, when we first got to my flat, my dad was like, "You should try to get." I think it was like Virgin had like really good Wi-Fi. And the other day, I was talking to my friend who had Virgin, and her Wi-Fi just wasn't working. And every other person on her street who had Virgin, like their Wi-Fi just was not working. Like it was, yeah, it was gone. It's, just, it's all whack. <laughs> it is all whack. Um, <laughs> Yeah, can you believe that we're literally a month into 2021? Because I sure can't. No. I looked at my calendar and I was like, February? Yeah. Are you joking? It's very crazy. <laughs> I can't. My brain can't handle it. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> to get back to, you know, the ghosts, the little ghosties. I can't remember if you told me about this story that we're doing today, but either way, I'm excited about it. Um, so I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grim. Woo! Okay, so this is the, the Queen Mary, the story of the Queen Mary. Ooh, yes, I, I know this one. Yeah, were, did you tell me about it? Like, was it? I can't remember. I feel like you must have. I feel like you must have been Maybe? like, you should look at the Queen Mary. And I was like, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, probably have Because it's like super haunted, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually, um, I found a book. I had to read a book for this one. Oh, um, it's fancy. Right? <laughs> I was like mind blown. A book, <laughs> um, but it's if you're interested, it's called the Ghosts of the Queen Mary in the Haunted America series, and it was around six dollars on Amazon last time I checked. Yeah, wow. I'm interested. Yeah. All right. So let's get right into it. Um, so. Oh shoot! Sorry if you can hear background noise. <laughs> is that really loud? You at university is always a fun time. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it, I haven't. I just realized today that I haven't heard like a single train go by or been conscious of it. But there's like a train track right behind my door mm. until like today, mm. and I've heard them really loud a couple times. So I don't know what what it is, but yeah, sorry You're about just that. You're used to it, and you just don't register. But it's there. Yeah, it could be that. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's anyway. me with the ambulances here. They like go by and they're really loud, and I just don't hear them anymore when I'm sleeping. Oh yeah, gone. Just background just noise. Background noise. <laughs> yeah. We'll work around it. It's fine. Things happen. <laughs> All right. Okay, so the Queen Mary has actually been voted one of the top ten most haunted places in America. Like, it's, like, really oh. haunted. Um, and which is probably why we're talking about it today <laughs> on a paranormal podcast. Oh, no, I cut out a little bit. Sorry. I heard the top ten most famous in America. Uh, most haunted in America. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) My brain. (laughs) Big mood. Um, Yeah. 
So basically, trade increased dramatically after World War I between the European nations. And all of these big companies wanted replacements for their old ships since, you know, Germany and France had these big, fast new ships. And they were like, all the companies were like, we, we, got, we got to get that. So um, the company called Cunard was right on the front lines of this. Um, it is a British cruise line based in England, and it was operated by Carnival UK. If you've ever heard of Carnival Cruises, like that's their company. Oh, interesting. I have not. It's like a big cruise line, apparently. Like mm. the other biggest one is Disney. Like it's like Disney and then Carnival. I mm. think. Um, yeah. So this company called John Brown and Company Shipbuilders. They were commissioned to build some of these new ships and they started working on the Queen Mary. Um, They started building on December 1st, 1930. And then if you know anything about the 1900s, the economy did a little dumpster dive right there. And (laughs) a whole bunch of people were just laid off because they couldn't afford it. Um, Great Depression be like that. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. But at this point in time, what was really strange was that there were two men who were meant to be working on a part of the ship, and they actually weren't seen for three years after, like, a bunch of people got fired after this whole thing um, in the 1930s. Like, they weren't seen for three years um, after construction stopped. And then there was this whole thing about politics and money and stuff. And here's the thing. Like, I'm all and don't really understand 1930s politics, but... I will link the Goodreads post for the book below if you want to read it. And it's like mentioned in chapter one of the post, like if you actually understand 1930s politics. <laughs> um, but from what I understood, it was that Cunard needed money to make these ships. But since the econ- economy was like bad, they, um, a bunch of companies were like, we should combine companies so that we can save money. So the company called Cunard was like combined with this rival company called White Star Line. And then they were super creative with naming, so they just called it Cunard White Star Line. Um, nice. And then finally they had enough money to start working on the ship again, and they started working in April of 1934. So okay. I'm guessing that's... I, I really just don't understand the politics behind it and the economics behind it, but <laughs> it's in the book. <laughs> um, so like I mentioned, there were some people who went missing when they when all these people were laid off in the early 1930s but in 1934 when they started work again on the hull of the ship they made a terrifying discovery oh no the two men that had disappeared three years ago were found dead and no nobody actually knows how they died it they have suspicions they thought that it could be because there was this welding torch like close to them so people suspected that it could have been a buildup of gas um, but really, they have no idea how they actually died. Put them in starvation. They were really locked in a hull wow. for three years, so oh god, weren't yeah. going to survive. But the cause of death is unknown. Well, that's horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. An ominous start to the boat's journey, if right? You will. <laughs> like literally, as soon as they started building it, they were like, you know what, haunted. Yeah. <laughs> um. So one of the men who died was said to be called John Henry, and he's actually a very prominent spirit on board. Um, He is a man, so, and from the 1930s, so a lot of the women who visit the boiler room have reported feeling their hair stroked or feeling hands on Uh, their face. Um, mm -mm. So 
I hate that. No, thank you, sir. Yeah, I don't. Consent, my dude. Consent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, in the boiler room, there is apparently this hole in the ceiling where people have, like, looked into it and have either seen just eyes or the head of John Henry just, like, looking down at them. And again, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the book of ghosts of the Queen Mary um, in the Haunted America series one of the authors, Christopher Fleming um, talks about meeting with a man called Peter James now Peter James was a medium and he was on this TV show called um, Sightings where he basically communicated with ghosts like he was like a TV medium um, so on the show they went here and apparently one of the ghosts actually spoke to him oh um, so you know spooky uh-huh. <laughs> so Fleming and James they went down near the engine room with the rest of the crew who were like recording and everything and uh, he said quote John Henry can you hear me speak to me John end quote and then just about 15 seconds later everyone could hear a voice that said I hear you oh so, you know um now you could you could be a little bit of a skeptic like uh, Gail Porter who is a UK reporter who was also there and reported on this and she was like oh he's definitely just throwing his voice like ventriloquism or whatever but that's not as fun so Gail stop raining on my parade mm-hmm. honestly <laughs> there is also the legend that a welder was working between two layers of a hull when it, again not as fun of a time for him he was sealed inside and died um Oh, God. Because it was between two layers of the hull, the company was like, that's a really big expense. And they... Did they leave him? They didn't want to take the ship apart. Apparently, they just had his funeral and then sealed him inside the hull. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I... That's horrifying. Horrifying. Like, I could not imagine. So, still there? Uh, yeah, according to the reports, like they never got him out. They just sealed okay. him inside. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Sorry, cut out. Okay. Um, oh God. It, relatable. I have to turn my Wi-Fi off to record. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, to this day, people report hearing like this tapping sound around the green room, which is like also known as the boiler room. And um, they think the tapping is from people who died down there. Oh not not just him. Other people have died because it was a big ship and has been around for a while. Um, again, people are just really skeptical. They think it's just an urban, leg- urban legend. But, like, I don't know. Either like, way, it's horrifying. Either way. Like, just the idea of being welded into a hull. Like, I absolutely hate that. Yeah, no, thank you. Um... Okay, also, um, shifting topics for just a second here. When they were building the ship, they thought that um, having railings would take away from the aesthetic of the ship. Oh, no. Um, so, <laughs> side. Um, the Queen Mary was actually nicknamed the Rolling Mary because um. of this. Um, <laughs> so, oh, boy. So there was this one time when it was caught in a storm, like a really big storm. And before the storm, all these kids were playing on the staircase. They, I guess since there were no railings, they could just like slide down it. So they're having a good time. And then the storm hit and this young girl was sliding down the staircase and the boat rolled. And because there were no um, railings or anything, she was 
thrown off of a staircase and she hit the deck below. Um, the doctors were called immediately, but she had ended up breaking her neck on impact and was pronounced dead on the scene. Oh my god. Yeah. That's horrifying. It's really sad, especially because she was so young as well. Like, Yeah. She didn't deserve that. Um, but to this day, people have reported seeing the ghost of a child by the stairs and she vanishes when people try to approach her. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, yeah. So that was just a little aside, but um, so if you remember, the boat was built in the 1930s, um, but it was actually used as a warship in the 1940s during World War II. So she basically sailed all over the world. Um, it was even wait, it was it was built as a cruise though, right? It was built as um, one of like the the ships to transport goods and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it was just the the it's a cruise line now. Oh, okay. But at the time, they just wanted bigger, faster ships in order to, like, get places faster. I see. Um, yeah. So then World War II happened, and she was used as a, a warship. And she was even called the Great Ghost because <laughs> she was huge and also, like, super fast. Mm. Um, apparently, the average speed for, like, a ship or a U-boat was 11 knots when it surfaced. And then later on, they somehow got it up to 17 and then... Um, 17 knots later and then to 24 knots later on wow. they developed this technology but the Queen Mary's average speed was 28 knots so wow yeah most that of is the, really fast right yeah <laughs> so most of the time like the people in like these boats or whatever they would just watch as she sailed out of range <laughs> she's gone <laughs> um on October 2nd 1942 she was sailing in this zigzag in order to evade the U-boats on the Irish coast. Um, she was, like, going there to meet this escort fleet. Again, something about war and politics that I don't really understand, <laughs> but that's where she was going. Um, okay. So, one of the ships in the fleet, that the escort fleet was called the um, Kurokua. It's spelled C-U-R-O-C-O-A. I definitely butchered that, and I'm sorry. Um, but for some reason, it was closer to the Queen Mary than it should have been. Um, some people say that the people on board wanted, like, pictures, but oh, what, boy. <laughs> whatever the case, whatever happened, she was too close, and they did end up crashing. Um, but because the Queen Mary was so big and was moving so fast, she basically just sliced this other ship in half. Oh, my God. And 338 of the 439 men on board died. Jeez, that's a lot. That's, that's a oh, lot. Oh, my God. And the worst part is that many of the people who were killed were killed in the propellers underneath the Queen Mary. Oh, yeah, that's not yeah. not a good way to go. It just sounds so incredibly painful, and I am so yeah. sorry for yeah. these people. Like, yeah. Um, but to this day, many people have been by the front of the ship, and they hear the sounds of men screaming and hearing oh, rushing water. And a lot of people think that it's, like, the remnants of that event that happened. Um, but, yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. Um, so, at this point, the Queen Mary was also used um, in war to carry German and Italian prisoners of war back to American camps. And she wasn't really built to carry people. It was more mm -hmm. like a cargo ship. So, they put the people in the cargo hold. Oh, and since the ship 
really wasn't designed at all to hold people. The conditions were just really bad. Yeah down there and also to add on to that they took Germans and Italians and they didn't really like each other so there were a lot of fights oh god and so now when people go down there a lot of the times they report hearing phantom voices speaking either Italian or German um, from this time wild Um, after the war they basically had to get the refugees in America like home and um, they decided that they wouldn't split up families or anything so the woman who the American men had married and like their families that they had and whatnot they like were gonna bring them back to where they wanted to survive and live their life so at this point they were like we should um we should make it less of a less of a cargo ship to bring regular citizens home in so they like refurbished it and everything they made it pretty comfy Nice. Um, (laughs) A little luxury cruise. Um, It gets worse. Oh, no. So, if you know anything about the Queen Mary, one of the most famous ghosts is the ghost of a little girl named Jackie, and she stays in the pool room. So, if you remember what I was talking about earlier, um, one of the authors of the book and the psychic, Fleming and James, they went down to the pool room during their little visit, and again, it's, it's... the most haunted parts of the ship, you know, because of Jackie, presumably. Mm-hmm. And apparently the pool room is the place where a lot of people say is a portal between reality and the spirit realm, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, the other side. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Fleming said that he felt like the room had a very heavy energy, and a lot of the people in the crew just described it as like very dark and very foreboding, and it just wasn't, wasn't a very happy atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, just like they did in the engine room, Peter did the whole, like, asking questions and, like, asking baited questions or whatever to get Jackie to respond. And most of the people in the crew actually did hear a distinctive voice that sounded like a child. Um, they described her voice as, like, responding to these questions in a playful and singing undertone that was very distinct and sounded like it was right next to them. Wow. Right? Yeah, that's, that's really good for like a paranormal investigation right it's like a very haunted location on the boat like it's like that's where the hot spot is one of them mm-hmm. um they also saw a figure run across the lower deck and <laughs> apparently this is like a phenomena that's like rarely talked about but a lot of people report seeing a fast-moving black object in like just their peripheral vision on this place and it just disappears it's just wow Interesting. She's just running around. I guess. (laughs) She doesn't do anything. Like, she's not malicious or anything. She's, there's just a black little smudge or something. I don't know. Um, So the reason I brought this up now is that because, unfortunately, most of the records from the 1940s were lost. And that is when most of the people believe that she was on the ship and, like, when she Mm. died. Um, We'll never actually know just because the records are lost. But... Um, a lot of people believe this because it just makes the most historical sense that she died there in the time period after the war. Yeah. Like, otherwise, like, when would she be on the ship? Like, she wouldn't be there during the war. Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Um, years later, Fleming had to come back and do event, an event at the Queen Mary. And he was like, well, I've been here before and I know the spirit. So the first place that he went was the pool room. And he asked Jackie if she remembers him. And... They, like, did a recording, you know, like, the standard 
paranormal investigation and she responded on the recording by saying yes and giggling and like they heard that on the recording oh that's spooky right Mm -hmm. um according to fleming he has been back to the queen mary multiple times and he said that he and jackie have sort of become friends Uh, which is kind of cute precious i think he was like one of the tour guides on like the haunted tour or whatever because in the but he said that he that she would like respond to him when he brought groups through the pool room like she would like come out and do a little spiel i guess mm-hmm. um he also said that there was this one time that he brought a group in and when they left he was like alone just like changing the batteries on the camera and he felt someone behind him so he was like jackie is that you and then when he turned around he saw a girl with black hair and this like dirty looking dress who stepped backwards and disappeared into the mist right after that Oh, um, but yeah, I guess guess they're kind of friends. Yeah, that's that's cute. Yeah. Um, when James was uh, with Fleming here in the pool room, they discovered another spirit while trying to communicate with Jackie as well. Um, her name apparently is Sarah, and I guess she was six or eight, like six, seven, or eight years old, but she manifested as a teenager. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. I didn't know that was possible. I didn't either, but I guess even you can you can even grow up in the ghost world. I don't know how it works, but that's Hmm. how she manifests. I think it's because she's kind of taken on the role as Jackie's protector and it would be Uh, hard if they were the same age. So that's true. That's why she manifests as older. Alright. yeah, it's very interesting because like sometimes um, investigators will like come down and try to talk to Jackie and Sarah has actually been known to like say no to them and be like no you can't talk to her hmm. yeah. oh which is I mean I guess it's cute I like this little camaraderie that she's got going on yeah um, Yeah. so James believes that Sarah possibly drowned in 1949 but again we don't really know for sure because a lot of the records were lost and we don't really know anything about Sarah either just that she sometimes appears. All right. Yeah. Um, so they then reorganized the passenger cabins um, on the ship because it was, like, done using, being used for war and was going to be used as a passenger ship, so they had to make it comfy and stuff. Um, and the biggest thing about having a passenger ship is that you need cooks because people need to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> makes sense. Um, so when they remade the ship and they made it all, like passenger friendly and everything they decided to do the thing where you know you pay for a higher class if you want you can travel in the most luxury possible mm-hmm. so they had different classes of passengers depending on how much they're paying and that meant that they had to have three different dining rooms and three menus per meal <laughs> my god and they also they can't, even, they can't even eat in the same dining room no it, to it just it separate if yeah. you're paying more you get the good dining room <laughs> oh yeah and um, pay to make a bad dining room. <laughs> right? Like, Literally. Just let them all eat together. It's a cruise ship. It's fine. <laughs> um, but also, they had this thing where any passenger, like, I don't think it mattered if, like how much they were paying or whatever, any passenger could order a custom meal and somehow they would, like, find the ingredients for it. It would just, like, wow. happen. Like, I don't know how <laughs> it happened, but... Yeah, what? On a boat? Like, interesting. <laughs> Right? I, I don't understand. They, <laughs> maybe it was just magical. I wish I could tell you. Yeah. Um, and then there's this urban legend, I guess, about a chef or possibly just a cook 
who was it's kind of fuzzy here either really just hated or he served chip beef once too many and then people didn't like that so <laughs> they shoved him in an oven and cooked him to death oh my god like the it, passengers I, or the cooks I don't know it was just like he died in an oven well that's horrible um, yeah but so the thing is like there are no like actual records of this it's just kind of like an urban legend that people tell um but I did find a story that could mean that it was like it's not exactly like that but it's like based in truth if you know what I mean mm-hmm. um apparently when the ship crossed um went across the Atlantic Ocean to Rio de Janeiro it was like super hot and so then they only could use two of the four engines to conserve fuel so they were also going slower than they normally would have been. Um, I guess it was just poor planning. They didn't carry enough fuel or whatever. But it was like a perfect storm. It was super hot and they were also going pretty slowly. And the passengers, again, it's like not the current day. So the passengers only had really small fans to cool them off. Um, but crowds would gather for meals. And as soon as people like would crowd, you know, it gets hot. Like there are a ton mm-hmm. of bodies together. It's not a good time. Um, so they would just try to like leave, like grab a meal and leave as soon as possible. Um, but the heat got so bad that the crew had to take breaks in order to not overheat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the urban legend may have just stemmed from a time that one of the assistant chefs collapsed from the heat and couldn't be revived. Like he was taken to the hospital uh. and everything, but he was pronounced dead and was buried at sea. So it could have possibly just been like that as the urban legend you know it like got turned into like they murdered him yeah um but it could have just been like poor planning and heat shock just or heat stroke just like really got to him yeah um but regardless of that fact many people if they visit the kitchens have um claimed to see a ghost cook oh which i don't I don't really know what to take from that, but he's there. I don't <laughs> think chilling. he's. I don't think he's done anything. I think he's just vibing in the kitchen. And you know what? If I was a ghost, I too would vibe in the kitchen. I mean, yeah, it's probably the best place to be for if you're there for you know, yeah, a while yeah. in the afterlife. I would, I'd like to yeah. be in a kitchen. It's always entertaining. You get to see people like cooking and stuff. Yeah, you're where the or food you're just is. Surrounded by food. Yeah, I yeah. can't complain about that. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. Okay, um, so Fleming also reported going down to the shower stalls when he went to the Queen Mary the first time. And this is where it get weird. gets weird. He reported being hit with, like, uh, like a little metal nut that you screw onto a bolt. You know, like the little, like, washer mm-hmm. kind of nuts that you... Yeah, weird. I don't know. He just got hit by one, and there was no one there, so... <laughs> Put it in the book. I don't know. All right. Um, so... Just before the crew all left, they said goodbye because, you know, it's proper etiquette to say goodbye to the ghost before you leave. Otherwise, they'll haunt you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, they had all the recording stuff because they're a paranormal team and they're going to be doing paranormal stuff. Um, and they checked the recording back later and they actually heard a voice saying, you'll be back. As well you'll as... You'll be back? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ominous. Yeah. Um... There are also other voices, like an angry voice saying, get out of here, you fucking piece of shit. Oh, oh my god. 
very I, aggressive. Very aggressive. <laughs> if I heard that on a recording that said you'll be back, I don't think I would be back. Yeah, I'd be like, actually, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, apparently, they also had a couple of voices calling them dick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> um, and then they also heard like a male and female voice both saying bye and according to the author they sounded like they were kind so it wasn't like a menacing bye it was more like a thanks for being here well that's a quite an array of responses (laughs) right i mean i guess because there are so many ghosts on board they're not all gonna be the same you know yeah that's true i mean apparently according to peter james there are over 600 spirits on the queen mary well yeah they're all they're not gonna agree on everything yeah (laughs) Um, one of them, one of the 600 spirits, is just known as Grumpy the Growling Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) If I had that nickname in the afterlife, I too would be grumpy. Yeah, I I think I would be a little live up to my name. (laughs) Yeah, it would simply be because of the name. Yeah. (laughs) Don't. Um, Yeah, he was named because he likes to growl to scare people. Um, a lot of the people just say that he wants to be left alone, so he just is like, get away from me. Yeah, Fair enough. It's fair enough. I understand yeah. that. Um, he resides in the storage area under the stairs, but has also been known to wander the hallways and stuff. Um, people think he could be the former captain, but some people have seen him also say that he doesn't really carry himself as a captain would, so no one really knows. He's just there. Um, yeah. There's also this other theory that he killed another passenger by accident and hid her body under the stairs. And then her body, when it was eventually found and they, like, thought he murdered her, he committed suicide. Wow. Um, (laughs) That's quite quite a tale. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, And then some people have connected it back to Sarah and say that maybe the person that Grumpy killed was Sarah. Um... I don't know. I think a lot of that is just urban legend. You know, I think a lot of people are just trying to make it like a story, if you know yeah, what I like mean. Yeah, like theorizing about, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I just I just think he's there. I I feel like the theory that he killed another passenger, like, that doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, another ghost is William Eric Stark. What a name. Can you just... Yeah, like William the... Eric Stark. Starks of Winterfell, Game of Thrones people. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so William was the senior second officer, and according to the story, he was getting off duty when the captain asked him to entertain a couple of the new officers, you know, try to make them feel more at home, try to like, welcome them onto the ship and everything. So they all went back to his quarters, and he asked the um, servants to grab like, a bottle of gin, and what he didn't realize was that the other officer in the cabin had drank the bottle first and then filled oh, no. it with tetrahydrochloride, which is a cleaning solvent and is also highly toxic. Why would he fill it with that? I wish I could tell you. Oh. I just did. My God. Um, anyway, according to the story, Stark drank said gin and then unfortunately died the next day because he drank cleaning solvent. Uh-huh. And you know what? I don't drink alcohol, but... If yeah. gin tastes like cleaning solvent, I don't think I'd want to. Yeah, you'd think you'd taste the difference. You would Interesting. think. Huh. I don't know. Um, his spirit has been seen around the captain's quarters, apparently like he's still trying to find his elusive bottle of gin. 
my poor man yeah that oh um okay um so okay now where was i look at me in my notes i'm doing well (laughs) um okay John Petter was 18 years old when he started working on the Queen Mary in 1966. And I feel like, I feel like you probably know where this story might be going. He was working in the engine room, which would get really boring. So the rest of, rest of the other boys, the other boys on shift would um, make up games. They would play, and you know, like a typical teenager, they were like, "Let's play chicken." Which, if you don't know what chicken is, it's just really stupid and really dangerous. <laughs> oh no! Um, it, basically, in chicken, if you don't know what it is, it's when like someone would dare someone to do something, or like two people to do something, or a group of people to do something, and the first person to back out of doing said thing is oh, like chicken. God. Yeah. Great. <laughs> This is um, not gonna end well. It's not, no. So sometimes the captain, you know, being on a ship and being a captain would run watertight door drills. So oh. that was basically like they'd need to seal off certain areas. I think I remember this story. You know where it's going, yeah. Yeah. Um and because it's a watertight door drill and would only be used if the ship was actively sinking, the doors had to close really quickly because they would need to stop the water from getting into certain places. Um, so the men in the engine room played this game where they would run through the doors at the last possible second. Oh my god. It's like when you would try and get out of the garage without like... Oh my god. T- you know, like when the garage door is going down. Door, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but a very bad version. But one with no safety net in place because with a garage door there was that little like laser beam or whatever and yeah. if it saw something move across it it would stop the door from slamming down. Yeah. Um, so one day, Petter was trying to win, and he was just a second too slow, and he ended up getting crushed by door number thirteen. God. Yeah. I just, I, it's interesting to me that it's door number thirteen because thirteen has so many, like, paranormal, like it's like a very paranormally significant number. I feel like. Yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. According to the stories, he was crushed by door number thirteen. And he's known to haunt the area around the door. Um, he apparently prefers women to men and is known to stroke their hair and ears. Mm. And some people report feeling him breathing on their faces. I do hate that, though. I, yeah, I will say. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a fan. Um, a lot of people also report just seeing shadows in the hallway and like hearing strange noises near door 13, which is pretty standard paranormal stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Jack and Terrence were two spirits who haunt the first class pool area. Um, a lot of people think that they're soldiers who died during the World War II era. Um, and they always manifest together. So, you know, a lot of historians that just call them friends who most likely died <laughs> at the same time. Um, so they are also accompanied by the feeling of heat. So a lot of people think that they either died in a fire or from heat stroke. Um, which are neither of those sound like pleasant ways to go. No. Um, but people just report uh, feeling them like tugging at their clothes and stuff. So it just seems like they're trying to get attention. Relatable. I feel that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, relatable. Musicals. <laughs> I would just be there, like, hey, I'm I'm here. Do you? I'm here. Do you see me? I'm here. 
It'll be us <laughs> as friends in the afterlife. Oh. Just getting attention. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Like, that would actually be us. Yeah. <laughs> um... Okay, so if you remember from Halloween last year, we talked about the different types of ghosts. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lady in white who's actually usually seen dancing to music in the Queen's Salon. Um, while it was operating, the room was called like the main lounge area. It was basically where the rich people would just come and dance. Um, so she vibes in there. <laughs> she is a lady in white because of the white evening gown that she's usually seen in, and she's also seen in the hotel lobby or on the stairs. Um, people report a lot of times, like, seeing her, but then if they, like, try to approach her, she disappears. And she also appears to have, a, like, basically adopted Jackie and Sarah, which is, oh I God, think it's really cute. That. It's just a little family. Yeah, it's so cute. Really? I think that's adorable. <laughs> um, yeah, so a lot of people will report hearing, like, a young woman's voice singing by the pool. And a lot of the times when that happens, people have also reported hearing a child humming along, which I think is really cute. That is adorable. Yeah, it's so cute. I would also like to say that it is very relatable that she disappears when people approach her. I love that. (laughs) You know what? That uh, that would literally be us. We'd like be like one day trying to get attention, and the next day being like, just don't. Yeah, be like, actually, I don't want to be perceived today. Just don't. (laughs) I'm having an existential crisis. Just leave me alone. Okay, um, alright, I think this is the last little bit that I've got for you, um, and I think it's the most famous bit, so I feel like when you look up, um, the Queen Mary, a lot of the articles are about room B340, because it is one of the most famous places. Um, according to the legend, it's not a good legend, a family was brutally murdered in the room. Ooh. Yeah, not, and, not good. Not good. And apparently, their spirits are so active in the room that, like, people can't even use the room to sleep in. Like, it's not just a casual haunting, it's, like, a haunting haunting. Oh my god, so do they not, like, let anyone in there? Well, it's, like, like I, I think with every single ghost story, like, some people will go in there and be like, yeah, I felt the haunting, and some people will be like, nothing happened, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a very haunted room, so they are—they tell you that it's a very haunted room. Um, people have reported hearing ghostly moaning, they've hear, heard doors opening and closing, um, the water taps turn on and off, just, you know, other general ghostly things. Um, mm-hmm. Another example is, like, the covers would move after someone made the bed. Um, and this room is super, super famous. But here's the thing. There was no family that was ever murdered in room B340. What? Basically, it was a storage room until Disney was like, we should do a Ghosts and Legends tour. Uh And if you're going to do a Ghosts and Legends tour, you need Ghosts and Legends. (sighs) Duh, rude. So that's (laughs) debunked, but don't fret. There's a room where murders actually did take place. Oh, and the thing is, it's not advertised at all. That's like, weird. B, right? B340 is the big room. They're like, that's the room where people were, haunt- were murdered. Mm-hmm. But the room was actually B474. Then why didn't they just use that one? Because if you remember, B340 was a storage closet. So they weren't really using it in the first place. But B474 was converted into a usable hotel room. So they were like... There was a there was a, a murder. Let's just shift the room into a room that we can't profit off of. 
Weird. Really stupid. But B-474 might actually be haunted. In 1959, there was a young couple who stayed there with their two daughters. Not much is known about them before the journey, but apparently the father in this big fit of either depression or rage ended up strangling his wife and his two daughters while they slept. After that, he went into the bathroom and shot himself in the head. Not good. Not good. Um, The sound of the gunshot got a bunch of attention, um, but when the people working there, they discovered the scene, they basically kept the incident under wraps. So they were like, no one can hear about it because that would, again, do really bad things with our image, I guess, at the time. That would you also know, ruin your cruise, probably. It if you were would, yeah. On there with it, yeah. If I was um, in on the cruises at the same time, I'd be like, "So you're telling me I was sleeping while this man murdered someone?" Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh yes. Yeah, so paranormal investigators have told stories about hearing a man and a woman arguing over the EVP and stuff. Um, they also report feeling cold breezes. Um, and then one investigator was actually staying in 476 and reported that the floor felt like someone was running around the room and he felt like someone was watching him. When he opened the door to the closet, he reported feeling a dark energy and then reported seeing a man standing there with his arms crossed. That's ominous. Yeah. So I, again, like I said, I don't think that they really say that B-74 474 is like haunted haunted and like this is what happened there so the next time he went he it was after he learned about what happened there so this first time he was just like in a haunted room and he was like what is going on and he came back after he knew what happened and conducted another evp session and heard nothing but then began to feel dizzy and felt a hand around his neck and this is in the actually haunted room this is um i i don't actually know if he was actually in the haunted room but I think 476 is, like, the room next door, you know? Okay, okay. So, like, that's where he was staying the first time, and I believe that's where he was staying the second time as well. Um, okay. His wife was with him and apparently threw holy water on him, but he reported, like, he felt like he was in a trance and was just really, really angry. And oh, then his God. wife said that he started laughing in a way that, like, wasn't his own. Like, it wasn't his laugh. <gasps> um, Horrifying horrifying when he came out of said trance he began hearing whispers and like knocking and stuff so it was really bad um yeah yeah so you can tell the ship is very haunted there are a lot of ghosts and a lot of haunted locations that i didn't talk about because like there wasn't enough time here um but if you are interested and you have the time i would actually recommend reading the book the ghosts of queen mary because it was really interesting um it's not too long maybe like 150-ish pages, if I remember correctly. Um, I think I read it in, like, an hour. It, was, it wasn't bad. Um, and also, if you want another episode on the ghosts here, let me know, because it was quite interesting, and I did have a couple of things I could have talked about, but... Yeah, we could do, like, a little two-parter. Oh, that'd be very cute. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was maybe part one, maybe all of it. I don't know. It depends on, on what the people want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, so yeah, that was a story for today. Some good, some bad, some cute, some yeah. not so cute. But yeah, I hope you liked it. <laughs> I loved it. Just not the ending part where they were like, 
we're gonna just move the room over i don't understand why they did that like yeah that's weird i don't i'm still confused like just let the spirits be you know if they if they want to haunt room 474 don't swap the room around yeah also 474 is a nicer number to be like yeah that's the haunted room you know yeah 340 just doesn't have the right ring to it no i feel (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right do you have any life updates for us before we head out um well it was snowing today which was very fun because i love the snow so it was nice to just like watch it snow from my dorm room (laughs) yeah it's very pretty i love that yeah so i loved that and it's just typical sunday you know Getting homework done, dreading Monday. Oh, the yes. Use. <laughs> It'd be like that. Um, yeah. Any life updates with you? Um, I went out on a walk today. That was really nice. It was actually decent weather for once. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I went out yesterday because it was really nice out um, with one of my friends, and we were out just walking. There was, like, literally it was so sunny out. I was like, am I getting vitamin D? Is this what's happening right now? <laughs> Um, and then yes. for some reason we were walking like just down the canals and suddenly like there were no clouds in the sky, but we were pelted with hail. I was like, oh where did this come from? Yeah. What how? is happening? I don't know. There was like a single dark cloud and I guess it was just over us. <laughs> oh, it was God. like, you thought Scotland was nice today. You thought wrong. Yeah. It really um, just came to rain on your parade. <laughs> it actually did. Like fully, I was there. Like I was like kind of hot too. I took my jacket off and then suddenly I couldn't see because there was hail on my glasses. I got my oh, mask God. wet too. I was like, this is gross. Oh yeah. <sighs> Nasty. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, and then I went on a little trip. I was trying to find orzo because I really wanted to make like this dish with orzo. So I was out. I went to like three different stores. No one had orzo. It took me forever Aww. to find it. And then That's it ended sad. up being Wait, at the store. That? Yeah, it ended up being. So I was at the big Tesco because I was like, oh, the little Tesco across from my flat won't have it because it's a little Tesco. The big Tesco will definitely have it. <laughs> so I went to the big Tesco and they didn't have it. I was wandering around for like 30 minutes on the phone with my mom and she was trying to direct me because she was like <laughs> on the Tesco homepage at home. She was like, it says it's supposed to be in this aisle. And I was like, mom, I can't see it. It's not in the aisle. And then I went to the big Sainsbury's and again, they didn't have any orzo. And then finally I was like, I'll just check across the street. And they had orzo. Well, at least you finally got it. <laughs> I did. I did finally get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, it teaches me not to judge a little Tesco by its size. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> Sonia, don't judge a thing by its size. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, do you have anything else for us? Ah, that's it for me. I can do my little spiel. That'd be great. All right, so you can find us on Instagram at Grim Podcast. Like our photos, follow us, DM us, and from there you can email us. Email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. You can let us know, like, whatever you want. Just, like, check in with us, say hi. Let us know if you'd like a part two of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Any other cases you want us to cover or anything? Yeah, just really send us anything, you know? (laughs) Literally anything. We're always here yeah especially now that we're back at university we have zero life yeah yeah really really true (laughs) um we also have a facebook grim podcast and a twitter podcast grim and other than that just tell your friends and family about us and leave us a good review yeah and we'll see you guys next week yeah stay safe stay healthy